0: Hello, everyone, and welcome into your latest episode of Nothing But Bets. I am your host, Evan Sidery. I'm the national NBA reporter for basketballnews.com. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at esidery, at E-S-I-D-E-R-Y. We're back with you today on Nothing but Bets to go over. Really, it's the dead portion from a betting perspective for the NBA office in here. So I'm just going to talk about regular NBA topics outside of betting. I know if you're listening to this podcast, now you're a general NBA fan as well. So this will be my haven to kind of let my spaces out on the show about my opinions in the offseason so far on multiple topics. So make sure in the meantime, before the odds come out on over-under win totals and stuff like that as we get closer and closer to the season, it'll be more so a general NBA podcast. I want to get that out of the way, though. But in the meantime, I want to cover on today's show the biggest NBA domino that has fallen, DeAndre Ayton, matching the Suns did his offer with the Indiana a Max contract offer, and then also the domino effects off of that. What's going to happen now with Ayton back in Phoenix? I'm going to dive into all that. So let's go ahead and get into the first part, which is DeAndre Aiden signed with the Phoenix Suns in a four-year, one hundred thirty-three million dollars max, which is ultimately matched by the Phoenix Suns. Just a few minutes, usually going to take about forty-eight hours. This time, the Suns only took about five minutes to make it happen. So it was let out there by Sean Shrine that the Suns internally wanted DeAndre Aiden all along. I don't buy that simply because we've heard DeAndre Ayton rumors for so long that I just think that's hearsay. If I'm being quite honest here, I think there is playing a little. Trying to save, save face here a little bit because I don't think they want to pay DeAndre and max money long term if they especially want to get Kevin Durant, who we'll talk about here in just a minute as well. But it is a big effect on the Kevin Durant situation. I know some people want to say it doesn't have that much of an impact. They never wanted DeAndre in anyways, but the Suns have four first round picks. They have three pick swaps. They have McHill They have Cam Johnson. Is that really enough to get a player of Kevin Durant's caliber? I don't think so. Unless Kevin Durant truly forces away the Phoenix Suns in a Jimmy Butler-esque style that we saw in Minnesota when he went to Miami or Philadelphia, I mean. It's hard for me to envision that, to be quite honest. I think we're going to be a stalemate for a while here. I don't see Kevin Durant going to the Suns in the meantime. So I think this, is, this Aiton situation is going to make things delay. I would not be shocked at all now if I had to predict. I would say Kevin Durant starts the season in Brooklyn, and then maybe in like January or February, Maybe Durant is traded then if the Nets still are in a standstill. It's so interesting how this domino effect now directly impacts Brooklyn because the Suns have been known as the top contender for Kevin Durant. It's what Kevin Durant wants. But why would the Nets, with four years of team control left on Kevin Durant, want to give Durant on a four-year max? I don't see that. I think we're in a position now, like we've seen all throughout Summer League, all throughout the offseason since Kevin Durant requested his trade almost three weeks ago at this point, that I think we're heading more and more towards – if not the season starting, I think it's maybe even longer than that with a potential Kevin Durant trade. So uh, that's one domino I wanted to examine real quick is the Durant thought because I think the Suns now are lowered their chances of getting Kevin Durant. Steph Curry's record-breaking three-pointer, Jason Tatum's buzzer-beating alley-oop, John Moran's poster dunk, NBA top shots were the greatest moments from NBA history are turned to officially licensed digital collectibles. NBA top shots evolved trading cards by making it easier to buy, sell, and collect or the hassle of grading, boxes, and shipping fees. You can buy or sell moments in a few clicks and access them at any time on your computer. Your collection is always at your fingertips. Start collecting Top Shot moments in any way you want. Collect rookie moments from future stars like Evan Mobley and Kate Cunningham. Collect throwback moments from former NBA stars like Shaquille O'Neal and Allen Iverson. Or collect moments from your favorite team and gain access to exclusive perks. Grab your starter pack today and Top Shot will give you $20 back to start your collection pick up some of your favorite moments in the marketplace. Go to about.mbatopshot.com slash bballnews. And get in the game today. Again, that is about that NBA slash Bball News for DeAndre and He's a full full year veto as well on this, so it's on the monitor here because I think DeAndre really does control things here. He doesn't have to cooperate with the Phoenix Suns anymore. He got his money. He can really kind of play hardball now if he wants to, and he wants a role. He wants a bigger role than he had in Phoenix. It's not going to happen when Kevin Dur- if, Ke- if Kevin Durant joins with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So. This, this whole convoluted thing there also ties back into the Indiana Pacers as well, because I just wrote something on basketballnews.com about Miles Turner. Now, the Pacers for sure have let Miles Turner know pretty intentionally that they don't value him long term. They already tried to get DeAndre on board for a historic contract offer, would have been the most money given out by any, to any player in Indiana Pacers history on the four year $133, $133 million max contract. The Pacers now, I think, are in a spot where they have to deal with Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner would really want that at this point because the rebuild is starting in Indiana. All these young guys around Tyrese Halliburton, they have Benedict Matherin, they have Chris DeWarte, Isaiah Jackson, O'Shea Brissett, Andrew Nemhart. All these young guys, they're now developing together. Jalen Smith, who they just re signed as well to a new two year deal. I, I think for Indiana, it's in their best interest now to completely pull the plug on Miles Turner. I mean, they already shipped out Domino Sabonis, bonus, who they got Halliburton for. They trade away Malcolm Brogdon recently. They already trade away Karis Levert way back when in February. So I think there's a very good chance now that Miles Turner is not on the Pacers roster when the season starts. I think there's a very good chance, honestly, that Miles Turner is traded by the end of July because there's no other reason to frame it that the Pacers want to move on from Miles Turner at this point. DeAndre Aiden with that contract, aggressively pursuing in the manner they did, which has never happened before under the ownership tenure of Herb Simon. Steven Simon will eventually take over for Herb, who is, I, I think, it had a big say on this as well. And the ph- philosophical change, Rick Carlisle, too. But the Pacers are in a completely different window than Miles Turner anymore, which is unfortunate for Turner because he has proven over the last four years to be one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, averaging almost three blocks per game, around 14 points, seven eight eight rebounds per game, about 35% for three-point range. You could help out any contender if you wanted to. I just think the Pacers kind of missed their window here as far as potentially trying to trade him because for at least realistic good value because he's on an expiring contract, $18 million. He's had two back-to-back years with bad foot injuries. So I think with Miles Turner... The Pacers are probably going to get a realistic offer, probably around what they got for the Brogdon trade, which is a late first-round pick, salary filler in Daniel Tice, a, a okay young player in Aaron Neesmith. So I think that's probably what the Pacers are looking for here in any sort of deal, like a young player, a late pick, and a salary filler to make salaries match. And one, I put out in my story to the basketballnews.com about this Turner situation, was the Charlotte Hornets, who have been often rumored with Miles Turner. I put in there the Nuggets pick that they're owed this year in the first round, which will probably convey – in like a 25 to 30 range anyways. Mason Plumley that makes salaries work from a salary match perspective. And you have two young guys who are not in the Hornets rotation currently. Might not ever be in their rotation, quite honestly. Kai Jones and JT Thorpe. Two players to the Pacers actually worked out last year. So they'll be adding two more young guys to their young core on cost control contracts for multiple years. You have Mason Plumley for salary, though you could eventually trade out Plumley and Tice to maybe get more trade exceptions or even a second round pick on top of that as well. So, it really, I, I like that kind of structure for Indiana at this point to try to save face on value because there's really not much you can get outside of that. Maybe Toronto makes some sense for Miles Turner. Maybe Miami. Maybe the Lakers. Uh, outside of those, maybe Dallas. Uh, there's really not many that make sense for Miles Turner as far as value goes. So, I think that's what you're looking for from the pace perspective. If you want to do, learn more and read more about the Miles Turner situation, go to BasketballNews.com right now. Check out my Miles Turner piece for more on that. I dove way deep into that, so make sure you go ahead and check that out. Before we close up the show today, I also wanted to do a quick do uh, a quick overview of how the Western Conference is stacking up because this is where it gets really interesting to me. The Suns still not having Kevin Durant on the roster, if Durant's even traded, the West is stacking up in a very interesting way right now. I think the Nuggets will be very good next year. The Warriors just won the title, so let's go through and rank my top eight in the West right now, which definitely changed from last year because the Utah Jazz are currently blowing it up. We'll cover that on the next episode. Nothing about bets, but bads, but. For my current top eight in the West, we're going to do it as follows here. I'm going to go Warriors at one. It's hard to deny the Warriors and how good they were this past year. Winning the title, they loaded up on depth. They just signed Michael Green for a star recording to replace Nemanja Bialica. I love that signing for them as well. So I'm going to put the Warriors at one here as the defending champions. At number two, I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. The reason why is because I'm very high on John Morant this young court taking another step forward than they already showed last year. So I'm going to put Memphis at number two. Number three, I am going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, I'm going to put the Mavericks over the Phoenix Suns. I know that might roll some feathers in Phoenix, but I mean, we just saw what happened in the postseason. Luka Doncic, when he could take over a game, he could do whatever he wants. I think Luka took this offseason way more seriously than he has in the past. So I think the Dallas will be a top four team in the West next year. I'm going to put my number three here in my early rankings. So we have Warriors one, Grizzlies two, Mavericks three. And then here come the Phoenix Suns here at number four. If they don't get Kevin Durant, they're running it back right now as currently constructed. I think that team is still a 50-plus win team. So I'm going to put the Suns here at number four. Number five, we're going to go to the Denver Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are in a really good spot here to bounce back next season, have a really good season with Nikola Jokic the back back MVP. Jamal Murray will finally be healthy. Hopefully, Michael Porter Jr. is healthy as well. They added Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who will be a key role player for them. Hopefully, Aaron Gordon develops as well. Bones Highland was a very good rookie for them too. So I love the Nuggets. I think they're a really good team. I'm going to put the Nuggets here at the five spot in the Western Conference because the way it's to stack up in the West this year, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath to get into the playoff picture. Like I mentioned, you can get the 10 teams in the playoffs, but I think for this, the play, and we're just going to focus on the top eight today, so I just wanted to do a quick reminder on that. But let's go ahead and go down the board here to number six, and that is going to be The Los Angeles Clippers. And the reason why they are low here is because I still think we're going to see load management on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. This is not based off who I think the best team is. I think it's based off who the the regular season will be uh, as far as the seeding goes. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers as the sixth seed, mainly due to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George not playing all 82 games. Number seven, Minnesota Timberwolves. We're going to lock them in here. I like what they've done so far, adding Rudy Gobert. Big year upcoming for Anthony Edwards and chronic Towns. I think they'll take steps forward here. So we're going to lock in the Minnesota Timberwolves for the 7th seed as well. And then for the 8th seed, I am going to slide in here. No surprise, the Los Angeles Lakers. I was thinking about the, putting the Pelicans in, folks, but very close here. But I think this Lakers team with LeBron James are going to be out for a mission this next season. I could easily be wrong here. It could really blow up in their face once again, especially if they can't trade Russell Westbrook, especially if they can't get Kyrie Irving bring other players on board. But for now, I'm going to put the Lakers at 8 over the Pelicans. I have the Pelicans slotted at 9. Those two are head-to-head, in my opinion. So I put the Lakers 8. So here's my top 8 one more time for you. Warriors 1, Grizzlies 2, Mavericks 3, Suns 4, Nuggets 5, Clippers 6, Timberwolves 7, and Lakers 8. So that's it for our show today. A little quick runaround for you guys. We'll be back to you guys Three days per week, as usual, throughout the offices to give you the latest NBA news. But in the meantime, have a good rest of your day and a happy week to you. And thanks for listening again to the Thumb of Beds here on the basketballnews.com podcast network.